Perhaps the best scene in the whole film is one in which they all reconnect for the first time over a boisterous, boozy dinner at a Chinese restaurant. They spin the lazy Susan, down shots of liquor, tease each other mercilessly, and find as if no time at all had passed, even though the memories of the trauma they shared are hazy at best. It Chapter 2 is at its strongest when it explores the lore of nostalgia, not merely through pop culture references like The Lost Boys and Cameo's Word Up, but also in the cosmic way it can yank you right back into being the person you were long ago and never thought you'd be again. That unsure, evolving 13-year-old remains inside all of us, no matter where we go or what we do. and ghouls i'm katie tool and i'm sean reedy this is friday night frights a podcast about forgotten memories going home and funhouse mirrors (laughs) (laughs) this is a continuation of our april it stravaganza we are now on to it chapter two yes we are from 2019 correct 2019 2019 Mm -hmm. um we're going to try very hard not to make this episode as long as this movie (laughs) Well, we got thoughts, we got feelings, we got emotions, so we're, we are gonna do what we can. (laughs) It is a very long movie. It is a very, very long movie. I forgot, like, and and I had rewatched this, of course, you know, I've seen this movie a few times, Mm -hmm. but every time I watch it, I always forget how long it is until I'm watching it, and I'm like, is this over yet? (laughs) How is this still going? How is this still on? And I know that this is a this is part two of a movie based on a, an over a thousand long page book. Right, like twelve hundred pages. Like it, 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 I got it. There's a lot of there's a lot of stuff to put into it there. Mm-hmm. But, whew. Yeah, really could have been three movies. It could have. <laughs> One, two, three. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, of course, it chapter two <sighs> was greenlit before the first movie even came out right like it was it was known when the first movie released mm-hmm. and i think announced the day of the release yes um that you know they were going to do the whole story mm-hmm. uh came out in 2019 and mm-hmm. was also just did absolute gangbangers at the box office. Oh, yeah. Like, made over almost $500 million. Yep. And the budget was less than $100 million. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> like... it's a hit maker. Well, after, you know, when the first one was as big as the first one was. Right. Like, everyone is going to go see the second one. Absolutely. Right. Well, and a big thing on top of that is that, like, especially a, a lot of people that are fans of the original mm-hmm. um the made for tv special mm-hmm. the second half is rough yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get there we'll get there next week but the second half is to, to put one word to it rough yeah um and to be fair i feel like this book is kind of hard to put to film at least the second the, the 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 final portion of it yeah i mean while i still think that this is a good film. 
It doesn't quite have the magic that the first one does. No, it is. It is definitely flawed. Um, well, and I think, I mean, honestly, I think part of that is just like grownups just don't have the same magic as children. No, it's it's true. <laughs> it's true. It's really true. Um, I mean, and, you know, they, they even did, you know, they even allowed a few of the actors to pick out, you know, who they primarily wanted to play their adult selves. Mm-hmm. You know, who they thought could capture that. Oh, I mean, for the most part, the casting for the adults was amazing. Mm-hmm. I, I, yep. No, go ahead. I you have a thought. <laughs> <laughs> I have one thought. And I am probably the only, I might be the only person in the world that thinks this. Especially because, like, I'm not, um, I, I have an opposite thought process of even the director of the film. Okay. I don't think that Jessica Chastain should have been Beverly. Okay. Can I ask, do you have someone else in Amy mind? Adams. You think it should have been Amy Adams? Yeah. I mean, I can see it, for sure. I, I, here's the thing. Uh-huh. I think that Jessica Chastain is a phenomenal actress. She is. Like, world-renowned, I, I, everything that I've seen her, I've not seen a bad movie that she's done. Right. But it, I don't know what it was, but it was just the... She felt out of place to me. Yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess I can see that, and I guess I, I can see how Amy Adams, in some ways, would have been a good choice. I think it, it might be that, like, and I don't, I don't even know if this really applies because I don't know if, I mean, I don't know if Amy Adams is less of a star, but like, Jessica Chastain might be too big of a star right like that i can see i mean james mcavoy is pretty well known That's... and bill Hader's pretty well known but they're just they're not like um as much of well james mcavoy kind of is but i mean not really but well, like not the same level of prestige as right and like i said i, I don't know if amy adams is not on that level because she's obviously also an incredible actress but i can i can see your point I can definitely you know, see your point. I, I don't think that she did, like... And and I think part of it, honestly, was the writing. Mm-hmm. I don't think that the writing was written for her specifically. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It just... It, I don't think that she did bad. I think that she did good for, with what she was given. Mm-hmm. And, and I do think that she acted really well in the film. It's just... She just... I mean, maybe it's just that you're, maybe you're just not happy with, like, how they took her character. That might be it. Yeah. Because they did kind of, and I mean, I get it, because she's sort of, you know, she's sort of quite literally beaten down, right? Because now she's in an abusive marriage after, Mm -hmm. like, growing up in in an abusive household. But... Like, Child Bev was so, like, spunky. Yes. And sort of, you know, sarcastic. And she was the one that was kind of, you know, taking charge. And so I can see how they they really, like, muted that character down. Yes. And I don't know if that was, you know, intentional because... Mm-hmm. Of the, like, abuse that, like, that think that this is just what would happen to this woman in this situation. Right. Um, but I can see it. I think the thing that 
like yes i agree that like that's that's exactly how i feel like someone that there, there's a, a very good chance that that's exactly how someone that you know is a product of abuse mm-hmm. would turn out mm-hmm. the thing is is that i feel like in some facet you got a glimpse of everyone's childhood again within mm-hmm. their character mm-hmm. and i don't feel like you did with her mm-hmm. like I, you didn't get that spunk back that like Right. You feel like, like, yeah, Richie, like this, the longer you're in the town and the longer <clears throat> they're doing this, like sh- everyone else kind of reverted back to their former selves and she didn't. Yes, exactly. I can see that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know. I just felt like, I don't think she was, she was bad in her role, but there is just, I mean, <laughs> God, Bill Hader was just so good. <laughs> <laughs> Bill Hader was just so good. <laughs> and I mean, I think it does sort of, I think it is a little more glaring because some of the other casting choices were just so pitch perfect. Yes. That like, and, and like, you know, the, she still would have looked exactly like, uh, what's her name? Sophie Ellis. Yes. Yeah. Um, because I mean, Amy Adams and Jessica Chastain, they look very similar. Look very similar. Right. Like I, I used to get them mixed up all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, it was, it's those two. And, um, uh, Jenna, Jenna Fisher, is it Fisher? Am I thinking of the right person? From the office. Yes. Yeah. For some reason, I it, it's, get them mixed up. Yeah, just a little bit. Je- mm-hmm. Jenna Fisher, not as much. But, but every so often, there's they're like you know they're they're beautiful redheads that mm-hmm. you know and they're all great actresses. Mm-hmm. So. Um. Yeah, I feel like out of everyone, it it it's Richie and Eddie that are they're the they're the two best cast. Oh out of my everyone. god, yes! Like, not that anyone else like everyone did a great job. Yeah, no, absolutely, everyone did great. But <clears throat> Bill Hader made this movie, <laughs> and a doubt. and I don't I don't think I've ever seen a better sort of transfer from a child child of a character to an adult of a character right. than Eddie. Yes. Yeah. Eddie oh was God. exactly the same person he was yes. as a child. Yep. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Like right down to his mannerisms. Like uh, James Ransone, we think that's how you pronounce it, must have studied the first movie and yes. like watched that kid move mm-hmm. because right down to the movements, it's the same. Yes. And I feel like that um, description of adult Eddie mm-hmm. book to movie mm-hmm. Perfect. Perfection. Yeah. Absolutely perfection. The fact that the actor, like, I I cannot believe that they actually found an actor that looks literally like that child I know. as an adult. I know. I, I was baffled when I saw him. I was like, did they time travel? Like, is this? I'm very confused. I was <laughs> like, I think I looked up if that was actually his child. Like, yeah, it, it would make sense. Yeah. Like, did you, did you create this person? Because, right. my God. Because, wow. <laughs> The genetics. There. They're there. Now, I do have to say, if if there's one thing that this movie did get right, mm-hmm. it's a, showing the emotions, expressing the emotions of, of what it feels like to, to relive your childhood. Oh, yeah. To re-experience. For sure. Good, specifically good memories. Right. Yeah. Like those are, those are the moments where the film really shines mm-hmm. is actually when they're just like hanging out, 
you know what I mean? And like reminiscing Mm -hmm. and you get glimpses of their story that you didn't get in the first movie. Yes. Right. Um, which is part of why this one's three hours long, which is hilarious (laughs) because specifically when we were talking about making the, the original idea to make it into one movie Mm -hmm. in the episode for chapter one, you said, I mean, nobody wants to see a three hour movie. Did I say that? You did, I think. Oh, well, I mean, we're, this is kind of a good example of it. <laughs> right. I hate to say it, but I wasn't ready for it to be this long. Yeah, it's just it's just too. It's, it's a little too long. It's funny because it's a little bit too long, but then there's still aspects to characters that you really didn't get to dive into. Right. But, but we will dive deeper into all of that. Absolutely. But first... It is Shock Tale Hour. That was a good one. That was a good one. <laughs> Tonight's Shock Tale is called The Dairy Float. Mm-hmm. We had to do it. You know, we had to do it. Absolutely. <laughs> when we first started talking about this, it's like one of the drinks is going to be a float, right? Yeah. 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 Without a doubt. Right. <laughs> uh, so, The Dairy Float is uh, two ounces of Kahlua, a shot of uh, salted caramel vodka. Mm-hmm. A shot of Bailey's. Um, if you can't drink Bailey's, you can omit it. Right. But uh, a shot of Bailey's, and then you are going to shake that all together, strain it into a glass, and then top it with a scoop of ice cream. Mm-hmm. And so that's going to be sort of the cream in the drink. Let's just let that ice cream melt in there. It's going to be yummy, yummy. Mm-hmm. You'll flow too. You'll flow too. <laughs> make it flow. Have too many. It'll be up there. Beep beep. On the ceiling. <laughs> so It Chapter 2 obviously takes place 27 years after It Chapter 1, right? Mm-hmm. Because that's how this monster works. It comes back every 27 years. Um, at the end of the last movie, when it just kind of dissolves, <laughs> you're like, hmm, doesn't seem like that's going to be effective long term. Nope. You didn't actually do anything to it. So it's 27 years later. Um, which puts it roughly modern day, right? Right. Because they had moved the timeline up of the first movie to the 80s instead of the 50s. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they made it take the modern, the quote-unquote modern day is 2016. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. Um, and everyone in the Losers Club has left Derry, mm-hmm. except for Mike. Mike has become the librarian. Mm-hmm. which we were talking about it and we, we did touch on this in the last episode changing Mike's character as a child to not be the history buff makes his like obsession with the town's history as an adult slightly nonsensical mm-hmm. so yes so Mike is a librarian mm-hmm. so he stayed in Derry um, and bad things start to happen again. Yes. Beginning with uh, a hate crime mm-hmm. that doesn't end the way you expect it to. Nope. <laughs> because uh, so there are two two gay men at a fair in Derry, mm-hmm. and they get attacked by this group of kids, um, like teenagers early 20s maybe like one of them seems older which is slightly creepy it's like what 
What's the dynamic here? Yeah, and the 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 main kid that like initially like looked at them. I'm like, why are you twelve? Why are you twelve? Yeah, it doesn't. Like, why are you twelve years old and picking on adults? Adults. <laughs> yeah, like what? they're twice your height. Like, yeah. um. But anyway, they do. Uh, but they do attack them mm-hmm. and they're outnumbered. So they, they do take them down and they throw one of them in the goddamn river. Yep. Like it's, it's extreme. And, um, he's like in the river and he's trying not to drown. And his boyfriend goes running after him just in time to see him get eaten by Pennywise. Right. So like, you know, this like this this hate crime happens and you think that's like, you know, the bad thing. And then like he sort of sees somebody standing on the bank of the river and he's like, oh, good. Help me. Let me out. Help me out of the river. And Pennywise does. But then he eats him. Um, So, you know, literally bites his heart out of his chest. It's fine. Yep. Right in front of his boyfriend. And then there are all these, you know, red balloons. And the boyfriend looks as alarmed by the red balloons as what he just saw, which seems weird. But... (laughs) Like, yeah, the red balloons are very random, but you just saw your boyfriend get his heart eaten. By a cloud. That's it's not okay. Mm, not okay. No, no. So that was a bad evening for them. Mm-hmm. Um, do we find out what... Does anything happen to the other guy? No. No, he's talking to the cops, right? Y- yes, yeah. Okay. He, the, the only thing that ended up happening to him was that he got beaten up. Right, and then saw his boyfriend get eaten by a clown. Right. Which, you know, I'm sure he told to the police, and they were like, oh, okay. All right, yeah, sure. <laughs> Which... You're clearly traumatized and losing your mind. But you'd think at, at the same point, considering this town's history, you'd think that it'd be like, well, you know what? Maybe there is something going on. Maybe, maybe, you know, this isn't the first time that someone's mentioned a clown before. <laughs> it's really um, like the, you know, seventh or eighth time. Yeah. We should, we should look into that. Maybe we should, like, not have clowns here. I don't know. Ban clowns. I'm ban clowns. No clowns allowed. But. Do you think they look into it a little bit? But remember, the adults don't see the same things that the kids see. That's very true. But that guy did, and he was an adult. Uh Uh-huh. So that doesn't make much sense. But we digress. As we do. As we do. As it goes. Mike comes across this crime scene. I believe he has a police scanner. So, like, he he's, like, actively yes. on the lookout. Yep. He's, like, keeping guard. Because mm-hmm. he's he's the only one that's not forgotten any of this. Right. He has not forgotten any of it. And, like, he's even, he's, like, researched it and hung out with some Native Americans who told him some stuff. We'll get to that later. Mm-hmm. And, yep. <laughs> um... So he knows all about it now. Like, he knows what it is. Mm-hmm. And he's just waiting. So he finds one of the popped balloons and he's like, oh, game's on. Here we go. Mm-hmm. So he starts calling. Somehow he has all their numbers. Yeah, I don't know how that happened, but because I, here's one problem with making this modern. Yellow pages really aren't much of a thing anymore. Right. Like, it's actually exist. pretty hard to find somebody's phone number. Yes. If they don't want you to have it. Because it it's all cell phones. It would have been easier for them to like just Facebook message everyone. 
Oh, that would have been better. That <laughs> yeah. would have been easier. Yeah. Like that actually would have made more sense. Like uh-huh. finding them on Facebook and like, yeah. hell, even doing like the video call through Facebook. <laughs> we can do this. We do it all the time. Oh my God. Imagine, Every time we... <laughs> imagine them doing this though. And then all of a sudden, all of them are just getting a Facebook call. <laughs> Facebook it's like video. a group call. Yeah. <laughs> perfect. It would have been perfect. Um, anyway. So, and then we are introduced to the rest of the losers and their lives now. Yes. Bill is a writer. Mm-hmm. Um, because there's always a writer. <laughs> well, of course. It's a Stephen King story, so there is a character who writes specifically horror novels. Yep. I'm sorry, we don't make the rules, Stephen King does, and this is just how it goes. And ironically enough, specifically for this one, he can never write a book that has a good ending. Yes. <laughs> Great books, everyone loves them, hate his endings. Right. And he's currently working on a film... A film adaptation of his book. And he can't write the ending. Right. Like specific, literally cannot, cannot get the words onto the page. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> he's married to an actress. Yep. Who is in this film. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the director is Peter Bogdanovich. And it's actually Peter Bogdanovich, which is hilarious. The Just the idea of like Peter Bogdanovich doing like a slasher. <laughs> Or like a horror, like he's never done yeah, no, a horror that's movie. <laughs> right in his wheelhouse. Yeah, this is exactly the kind of stuff that he does. Absolutely. Um, but it is fun just to, for him to like pop in and you're like, what the fuck? Right. Um, <laughs> he and Stephen King are probably buddies. But uh, so that's that's his life. He is like very successful, right? Yes. This is the thing. They all They all are very successful, like financially. Right. Yeah, like, all of them. Like, almost abnormally mm-hmm. that, like, one group of friends from childhood all become, like, rather significantly wealthy. Right. Right? Like, he's a he's a famous writer. Mm-hmm. Richie has become a famous comedian who's also an alcoholic. Yep. Um, so he's, like, actively losing it, even before Mike calls, but then especially after. Oh, yeah. Like, can't even get through his show. Mm-hmm. He throws up. Who's next? Beverly. Beverly is a successful fashion designer mm-hmm. who is also in an abusive marriage. Um, and her husband, who is abusive, is also her business partner. So, like, she's sort of doubly trapped. Like, in mm-hmm. addition to just being trapped in the marriage, it's like... right her her entire livelihood is dependent on this partnership right so she's like doubly trapped so they all have they all have that kind of undercurrent of like things are looking like they're going very well on the outside Mm -hmm. but there's like things underneath that aren't good right like richie's a successful comedian but he doesn't write his own material and he's an alcoholic right eddie Eddie, I Eddie, who is, is an, the best character. Yes, is he? Uh, he is a risk analyst for an insurance company. Yes, which is the perfect job for that guy. Oh, absolutely. Um, but he is also married to a woman who is basically his mother. Not only is she basically his mother, she's the same actress as his mother. <laughs> it's the same. Actress oh, is it really? Playing both of them. I didn't yes. know that. That's yeah. hilarious. So yeah, like so much, so much <clears throat> married his mother that they used the same actress. Yep. We don't learn much about what Stan does. I think that he's supposed to be a teacher. 
I think that sounds like right. Like a I've professor, heard... I think. Yeah. Because when they're discussing going on vacation, he's like, it's summer. Right. Like I can, I can get off work because it's summer. So mm-hmm. he does something that like he would have more time in the summer. Right. Um, but we don't, we don't learn much about him because he's not in the film for very long. No. Unfortunately. Um, and then there's Ben. <laughs> right. Oh, Ben. Ben's entire character in this movie is that he's hot now. Yep. That is the only thing anyone ever talks about. <laughs> he's a extremely successful, like ridiculously wealthy architect. Oh, yeah. Who is also like, you know, ripped mm-hmm. now. And for some reason is still carrying a torch for the girl he had a crush on when he was 13. Despite ostensibly not remembering her yep like or maybe he it's like he remembered everything or no he forgot everything except her i think yes like because he knew who she was as soon as he saw her right um but yeah so they all get this call and mike tells them that it has started again and they have to come back to dairy Mm -hmm. and they all feel compelled to go because they remember, they start to remember what happened. But the first thing they remember is that they all promised to come back. Right. So, yes. So, they all come back to Derry, um, except for Stan, mm-hmm. who dies by suicide. Yes. Um, and that's sort of a motivating emotional event for the rest of them. Once mm-hmm. they figure out that it actually happened, right? Right. So they all go back to Derry. They all meet at a Chinese restaurant. Mm-hmm. They're having a lot of fun. They're talking shit. Um, and then the fortune cookie started attacking them, which is alarming to them. Yes, but not before they spell out a specific That sentence. is true. That is true. Uh, so that when they're opening up their fortune cookies, each fortune has a word on it. Just one word. Mm-hmm. And they don't really understand what it's trying to spell out until Beverly opens up hers mm-hmm. and Stanley's name is on it. Mm-hmm. And they end up figuring out, uh, that Pennywise is trying to tell them that he has died. Right. <clears throat> you just couldn't cut it. <laughs> right something is yeah it, something it's something like, like stanley just couldn't cut it could he right and like it's all out of order and when they finally put it in order and they're like okay we need to call him because yep. like what's going on and then right. they call him and his wife answers and it's like he died yesterday he slit his wrists and mm-hmm. they're like fuck mm-hmm. but bev specifically knew that right because she had died. seen him yes well it's sort of implied that Bev's experience in the first movie has given her sort of like a second sight type of thing. Yes. Right? Like Mm -hmm. she even says at the beginning of this film, like in a flashback, that she saw all of them together as adults. Right. And then Stan asks her what he looks like. And she says, and she like hesitates Mm -hmm. because he wasn't there, but she doesn't want to tell him that. So Mm -hmm. she just says, you know, like you, but older. Or like you, but taller or something mm-hmm. bigger, whatever. But 
Um, so yes. And, and here's the thing. We were actually talking about this, about another scene. The fortune cookies. And again, we all know, I talk about it all the time. My like personal sort of, um, admiration for any kind of trope in a horror movie where like something is almost normal, right? right? Like, I love that. We know that I mentioned, I like pointed out in every movie that does it. Mm-hmm. To me, the the original fortune cookies mm-hmm. were scarier than when the eyeballs start popping out of them. Oh, like them having just the single words in them. Yeah, yeah. And then no, like having to put it, having to put it together, and it's spelling out something terrible with actual consequences in their lives. Right. Right. Like much scarier than like when when the eyeball pop the like you know the not so great cgi yes flies in quite literally some of them are birds some of them are bats um like then it just sort of gets funny right right um but over the course of all that they remember um what happened and they're pissed Mm -hmm. (laughs) because mike was not entirely forthcoming (laughs) with why he wanted them all to come back there not quite. He told them that bad things were happening and they were like, right, bad things are happening. We should go back. But they, he didn't, he didn't specify <laughs> what the bad thing was Mm-mm. and they didn't remember. And he knew that. Um, He's like, I'll roll with it. Cause once they're here, it's fine. Right. Right. They're all going to stay. Yeah. Um, and they all say they're going to leave. Uh-huh. And here they go. They all run back out of the, you know, out of the restaurant, back to the hotel, the like B and B where they all got a room. Yep. Somehow. And, well, I guess it's a very small town, so that could be the only option, to be honest. True. <laughs> like, there could be, like, one B&B, and that's it. Right. But Mike explains to Bill, who's... And this is this is actually one of my favorite parts of the movie, and he did, he did perform this brilliantly. Bill's stutter coming back. Mm-hmm. And the way that James McAvoy was, like, so... The way that that the character of Bill was so shaken by that, and the way mm-hmm. that James McAvoy portrayed that, brilliant. Oh yeah, I mean just brilliant. Like mm-hmm. the first time it happens, he's just like his face. It's just like, oh shit, <laughs> right? Like, cause he probably worked for years to get rid of it. I mean, yeah. people yeah. who overcome stutters, it's hard work. Like it's mm-hmm. it's you know intense. Um, but <laughs> it's at this point that Mike takes Bill back to his library uh-huh. or his house where he is. <laughs> And um, gets him high as fuck. <laughs> sure does. Oops. Sure does. Um, takes him on like what I'm, what like some kind like the equivalent of like a peyote trip, kind of. Yeah. Is that what it's supposed to be? That's kind of what it seemed like. Yeah, I mean, it's it's sort of it's very you know, and this isn't necessarily their fault, but it's kind of like. You know, a slightly problematic stereotypical portrayal of like these Native Americans that yeah. <laughs> live outside of town and they have this stuff and, you know, he, he takes like a, you know, whatever's, you know, spirit journey or something and he sees the origins of it, right? Yeah. So Mike knows and then he gives Bill this substance, whatever it is, and now Bill knows mm-hmm. that it is... Serious business, and it's much sort of um, bigger than right. they even know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for some reason, this specific medicine, this specific drug, <clears throat> causes them to 
have a specific hallucin- uh, hallucination of it coming to Earth. Right. And like the Paleolithic era, right? right. Like, right. <laughs> things been here forever. Um, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. But I mean, that's like, you know, that's the book was written in the 80s. Right. So like that's, you know, but they probably could have like cleaned that up a little bit. Better. Oh, yeah. Um, in the meantime, while all this is going on, we are reintroduced to Henry Bowers. Mm-hmm. Now, if you remember from the first movie, Henry Bowers was the like sadistic homicidal bully Mm -hmm. that tried to straight up kill them several times and then he killed his father and then he fell down a well and then he fell down a well while trying to kill them Uh then he got out of the well he went home and he got arrested yep right which you actually didn't know like you assume you're left to assume in the first movie that he died right and then like you see him and you're like oh it's him which is funny because the first time that i read the book Mm -hmm. well the first time that I did the audiobook of the book. Um, first time that you heard the story. <laughs> right. And uh, and I, I had listened to the book after the first movie had come out. I was trying to do it beforehand. It just, it's too long. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember in the book that, that Henry Bowers didn't die. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and so I you're saw, like, wait. I was like, but he just fell down a well. Right. Like, like, what did they do? Why did they do that? How did he die? Or how mm-hmm. did he come back? And then he does. I'm like, oh, okay. There he he somehow survived falling down that well. And floating through the sewer system. Sure. Okay. Well, I mean, Pennywise probably kept him alive. Right. Right. Like, whatever Pennywise had to do, like, maybe he floated him down the last few feet or something. But, like, he did what... Because he he wants to use him. Right. Like, he was a tool for for Pennywise. So... Right. It it makes sense. But... So, he goes home and is immediately arrested because he killed his father. Mm -hmm. Um, And he's thrown in a sort of, like you know, hospital for the criminally insane, essentially, right? right? And that's where he still is 27 years later. Um, Also fantastic casting. Oh, like just so good. That's exactly what that kid would grow up to look like. Yep. Especially being in like a psychiatric hospital for 27 years. Absolutely. Right. Um, So he's hanging out and uh, he's just, you know, being generally sort of, you know, very broken person. Mm-hmm. And uh, he looks under his bed and his old friend Patrick Hotstetter is there. Yep. Uh, as like a decaying corpse. Mm-hmm. Which is fun. Um, and he gives him his knife. And he's like, oh, my knife. And he kind of remembers, right? Because he's also kind of forgotten. Right. But now he remembers. And he remembers what he's supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and he kills a couple people and escapes. So that's, that was the thing that's happening. Um, and then, God, we just watched this. Bill convinces them all to stay, right? Yes. Okay, right. Because they listen to Bill. Right. Which is why, the, which is why uh, Mike's main person that he wanted to get back was, was Bill. Because he was kind of like the leader. Right. Like he knew that, he knew that if Bill was there, the <clears throat> others would follow. Would follow. Right. Mm-hmm. Um. So Bill, after, you know, experiencing this this trip with Mike, mm-hmm. um, convinces them all to stay. And so they start sort of exploring 
their memories. And this is when the flashbacks start. And the flashbacks are beautifully done. Oh, yeah. Like, the transition into the flashbacks are so smooth. Mm -hmm. And... I don't know. It it just... I, I, I liked the way that they did them. Rather than, like, sort of fading, right? Into, like... You know, the sort of traditional transition into a flashback, like fading or, Mm -hmm. you know, some sort of, you know, transition of just like the adult is standing there and then they look over and there's the kid. Right. Right. It's not the only movie that does flashbacks this way, but I think it's a really elegant way of incorporating flashbacks. Yeah, they did a really, they did a really good job of it. And I know that, and it was a little bit of a concern of mine just because of the scope. Well, no, the, uh, so the quality, I'm going into a whole different thought process than what you're thinking. Sure. <laughs> so, uh, one big thing is, is because these, these child actors are obviously growing while mm-hmm. in between the filming of these two movies, they decided that they were going to, uh, CGI the kids to make them look a little bit younger. Which oh okay is a thing that they've done. I know that they did that even with um, with Stranger Things. They yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, because there's like three years between each thing of Stranger Things. Right. So like exactly. <laughs> Especially right now with COVID and everything, like they had to. Right, they're <clears throat> twenty. Right, <laughs> right. Um, and have to make them still look like they're eleven. Mm-hmm. So I I knew that they were going to have to CGI all the kids in this movie mm-hmm. as they announced, and I was a little concerned with how it was going to look Mm -hmm. considering the CGI in this movie is not always the best. It's not all that great. Mm -hmm. Um, which is still surprising to me considering the budget, but I digress. You cannot tell that they did that. You can't. No, you cannot tell that they were CGI. There was a, there was a couple moments here and there where I, I, the only reason I would note it is because I knew that they did that. Right. You were looking for it. Exactly. But otherwise like they, they just look like they did in the first film. Mm hmm. So I do feel like they did a good job with that. So it is at this point that we get uh, the MacGuffin, right? Mm-hmm. Like serious MacGuffins, like several MacGuffins in this film. Ben leads them back to their old clubhouse. Yes. Um, which was never mentioned in the first film. Nope, not once. <laughs> and it was like, it was like so beyond... I mean, it was cool, but it was like so beyond anything an eleven-year-old could have, right? An eleven or thirteen-year-old could have like built on his own. Oh, <laughs> Richie walks into it and he's like, "How did you do this?" Right. <laughs> like, like, you know, I wanted to take a summer course in architecture. <laughs> summer course in like mining. Yes, I'm like, what? <laughs> it's underground. Like, it would have made more sense if like it was above ground. You know, right? Um, but anyway, we digress. It was cool. But yeah, it's, it's funny that you mentioned that. So one thing that I did notice is that, like, with the first movie, all that they focused on was their time being involved with Pennywise. That like, is true. Where, like, the second film kind of dives into, like, the times where they were just hanging out. Right, where they, were, where they were just being... Their, their friendships developed, mm-hmm. right? Like, that their mm-hmm. friendship was based on something more than just this horrid experience. Right. Right. Um, and I do appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Like, I do like that you got you got bits of those characters as kids that you didn't actually get 
in the first movie. Yeah. In these flashbacks. I agree. It made him more humane. I agree. Yes. So Mike's like, and here's the MacGuffin. Mike's like, you all need to find an artifact. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, sure. We need to split up. And I'll find an artifact. That's how we that's how we destroy these things. Uh-huh. This thing. Sure. Cosmic monster. We need small personal items. Absolutely. So each one goes off in their respective directions mm-hmm. to do so. Find these things. Um which is like it is classic, right? Like there's a reason. Like it's it's a classic MacGuffin. Like that is the that is what you do. It is Something that drives the uh, character development forward and drives the plot forward. Um, And it's usually like something that is being searched for, but it actually has absolutely no bearing on the actual outcome. Like it doesn't matter what it is. No. At all. So Beverly goes first. Or we see Beverly first. Right. I guess they're all kind Mm -hmm. of going at the same time, but we see Beverly first. Beverly goes back to her old apartment. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, oh, it should be said that both Richie and Eddie are like, this is a fucking stupid plan. Why are we splitting up? (laughs) Right. Right. And it's like, "Mm, fair. That's fair and valid. Mm -hmm. Because it's like literally every horror movie ever. It's like, we're going to split up and you're going to die. Yep. That's how that works. And they're even like, we we did this all together. Right. The first time. That was the whole point. Remember, (laughs) remember that we were all like, we need to stick together or it will win. Right. And they're like, no, 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 it's fine. So, <laughs> so off they go. Um, and Beverly goes back to her old apartment. Uh, and finds an old lady there mm-hmm. who tells her that her father has died. Right. Um, which she didn't know because she like completely cut him out of her life. Which again, like... I honestly thought that she killed him. I thought that she did too. In the first one. So I like that, too. and I mean, maybe this is because I, I have not, for the record, I'll come clean here on the air. I have not finished the book because it's giant and my life is crazy. But <laughs> it's okay. I I'm, would love to have enough time to sit down and read a 1200 page book. I right. really literally would love that. <laughs> but I just, it's not going to happen for a while. It's so. okay. I, I listen to it and I still forget Many Most aspects of you're like <laughs> because it's just so much and there's just so much content in this book to remember right for sure this old lady is kind of creepy and this is again this was actually the other scene we were talking about where the thing that's almost normal is so much creepier than when the cgi comes in yep mm-hmm. um and this is just i mean everyone if you've been listening to this podcast for any length of time you know that like we're not the the biggest fans of CGI effects in horror movies. Like we're we're sort of like much more like give us give us latex and corn syrup. Yes. Yes. Yeah, give me all the practical effects. Practical effects all day. I don't care if it even looks bad. <laughs> at I, least you built it. <laughs> at least you did the thing. Yeah. Like <laughs> at least it's like solid. Yeah. Um But yes, so like this old lady is creepy because again, she's almost normal. Right. But, like, she smiles just a little too long. Yes. And stares off. Just stares off. Too... Like, loses like loses a grip, right? Because, of course, it's Pennywise, right? Mm-hmm. Like, spoiler alert, it's Pennywise. Um, and, like, Pennywise is not great 
at being things other than Pennywise. Right. And this is actually something that you don't really realize, especially when he's weaker Mm -hmm. at the beginning, Right. right? Like, he's not actually that great at disguising himself. Nope. Which is why... He usually has to go after children. Right. <laughs> but I mean, but if, even if you think back to the first movie, right? Like every time they saw him as something else, he reverted back to Pennywise, like yep. real quick, mm-hmm. right? So he can only hold on to those images for so long. Uh-huh. Um, and so like the old lady starts to like, you know, kind of disintegrate. Um, and Beverly finds... Uh, in the wall where she had hit them, the key to the apartment mm-hmm. on her necklace, mm-hmm. which like figures very prominently in the first movie, um, a pack of cigarettes, mm-hmm. and uh, the postcard that Ben gave her. Yes. That she thought was from Bill, mm-hmm. but did learn that it was from Ben at the end mm-hmm. of the movie. Um, at this point... And again, and like in the background, and this must have been CGI, to be fair, like the way that the old lady was moving. Yeah. Like, but she still looked human, but she Mm -hmm. was just moving weird. And again, like that thing where it's just not, doesn't look right. Mm -hmm. And that, that could have been a person in, in makeup. In the background. It could have been because you really couldn't see her face in the background. That's true. I suppose it could have been like a double who was like doing some kind of like contortionist. Could have. Yeah. It did kind of look like CGI, but there was potential it was a real person. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm. You know, she walks by at one point in the background and she's naked suddenly, which is Mm -hmm. slightly alarming. Um, (laughs) And Why are we naked? Why be naked? But she's like, and she's moving all weird. Mm-hmm. And then she comes, you know, she starts talking to Beverly, you know, and then suddenly her voice dissolves into Pennywise's voice and Beverly's like, oh shit. And then like, just the, just the most ridiculous, like oh, yeah. CGI, 10 foot tall old lady with these like weird, like pendulous breasts comes running at her, which I mean, you know, is not, not that scary watching it, but like, if that actually happened, like get the fuck out well right get out. she's like bye and she runs and then when she turns around she realizes that like there was no old lady there was no furniture mm-hmm. the the apartment the whole building's been abandoned since right. like the 80s which actually makes you wonder if she did kill her father and she just doesn't remember right because like when did her father actually die then if he didn't recently pass because like mm-hmm. clearly that building's been abandoned for a long time right Maybe he did die in the first movie. And I can't remember in the book if that was the case or not. I cannot remember. Let us know. Scream at us. <laughs> yeah. yeah, scream at us. Let us know. If you've actually read the book uh, and you remember it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, but now she's got her artifact. Her artifact is is the key or the postcard or both? The postcard, I believe. It's the postcard. Yeah. Uh, then we have Bill. Mm-hmm. Bill is next. He finds his. Uh, he finds his by going to a pawn shop where he finds his bicycle. Mm-hmm. Like the same bicycle. Which he called Silver. Right. In the first movie, if you remember. And the shop owner of that pawn shop is Stephen King. Of course. That's his cameo. Yep. And I went to see this movie with people who are not horror fans. And when it got to that scene, I was like, <gasps> and they were like, <laughs> what? <laughs> And I was like, that? that's Stephen King. 
here's my thing. I'm like, y'all, it's fucking like if this when this movie came out, I'm like, it's it's 2019. Right. You know like, what who Stephen King looks like? Right. How have you not seen him on TV? Even if you don't watch his movies. Come on. How have you not seen him on TV? It's Stephen King. Yeah. He's an icon. He is. Like, how do you not know what he looks like? Come on, Stephen King 90s with his dad jeans and mm-hmm. his oversized sweatshirts. I was like, he is an iconic writer. He he created the, the default look of a writer for me. <laughs> <laughs> he kind of did. Right? Just real lazy with his looks. He's like, it's fine. Do you see what I've written? And then, seen, and then, you book? know. And then, <laughs> and then he transferred that into every character he wrote because they're all writers. <laughs> every last one of them. <laughs> there's at least one. Even in ensembles, there's at least one. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so yes. So Bill gets his bike back. Mm-hmm. He rides by his old house, sees Georgie, sees Georgie die, sees Georgie in the sewer, right? He's having all of these flashbacks about Georgie mm-hmm. and like, you know, it is taunting him with Georgie, which is what it always does to Bill because like that's his biggest... His, obviously, his biggest trauma is the death, death of his brother. Right. Um, and, then, and then the little kid shows up. And right. let me tell you, this little kid. So we didn't mention him in, the, in earlier, but like there is a, a, a sequence in the Chinese restaurant mm-hmm. where this kid walks up to Richie, who again is a famous comedian. And he says, the fun is just beginning. Right. And Richie thinks that it's it taunting him Mm -hmm. so he starts like shaking the kid and then he realizes that it's an actual child who's quoting his own line back at him right like his own joke Mm -hmm. and he's like oh shit you want an autograph do you want an autograph and the kid's like no good thanks (laughs) (laughs) his parents like just pull him away Mm -hmm. um so the same kid shows up and bill manhandles him yep because he's like, oh, here's a small child near the sewer. Like, Bill's actually makes more sense than, than Richie's. Like, yes. Richie is just a little, he's just having a breakdown. Right. Um, but Bill's like, here's a small child, approximately the age my brother was when he was killed by it, near the sewer where my brother was killed by it. Like, it is luring this kid here. I'm going to get him away. So he, like, picks him up and basically, like, tosses him yep. across the street. And then he's like, did you hear the voices in the sewer? And the kid's like, no crazy adult man um but then the kid is like i do hear voices in the bathtub right coming from the drain mm-hmm. that must be why oh they're in the sewer that must be why i hear the bath the voices in the drain mm-hmm. and sometimes it sounds like children and sometimes it sounds and bill's like like a clown and he's like yes and then the music gets all dramatic and he's right. um <laughs> and then he tells him to get out of town <laughs> he's like here seven-year-old kid get out of town get with all of, of your agency <laughs> <laughs> that you can exercise to leave this place where your parents live. Sure. He's like, I'm supposed to be at the, I'm to be at the fair. <laughs> he just skateboards away. He's like, I am out. Sorry. I gotta, I gotta go. You're all insane. Yeah. Every last one of you. Yep. Um. But yes. So now Bill has his artifact. It's the bicycle. Is it the bicycle or does he find the boat? Does he find the boat? It's the boat. He finds the boat. Yes, because... Yes. They all have, like, multiple items that they find, so it's not entirely clear which one is supposed to be well, the artifact. And I mean, I guess until the end where they put them on. What's interesting, though, with Bill's artifact is it, Pennywise literally hands it to him. I feel like that should have been a sign of, like, hey, this might not work as well as you think. Right. <laughs> but he was like, yeah, here's your artifact, bro. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> Come at me with your little 
leather chest. <laughs> Paper boat. <laughs> what are you going to do? What you going to do? What you going to do? So, yes. So, yes. The the uh, the boat that he made for his brother is, right. is his artifact. Right, 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 mm-hmm. so, uh, And then we have Richie, mm-hmm. whose artifact is a token from... The oh, the arcade. arcade. Yes. Yes. Where he spent, you know. <laughs> Most of his time. Most of his time. Mm-hmm. Um, it's in that scene during Richie's flashback that you get the first real hint mm-hmm. that Richie's actually a closeted gay man. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't get confirmation of that until the end. Right. But... You know, he he's being teased and the bullies never really tease him this way in the first movie, I don't think. No. Because they're never really teasing them individually. Mm-hmm. Like, they're always together as a group, right? But right. but they, they are sort of like, you know, calling him a sissy, calling him a pussy, mm-hmm. um, being like, see you later, handsome, right? Like, right. fake flirting with him. Mm-hmm. Um, and, then a, and then he's attacked by a lumberjack, which... You know, I, I don't know if that's supposed to be a clue, but. I don't know. I mean, I, I'd be fine with getting attacked by a lumberjack. But... I mean, I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. It's like, I'm not, I'm not trying to be facetious. Like a lumberjack is, has a certain connotation. <laughs> I don't know. I've had a lot of caffeine today. Um... <laughs> Paul emphasis on bunion. Bunion. <laughs> <laughs> wow which is funny because i didn't i don't know why but i thought that like paul bunyan was like a michigan thing for some reason i don't know what it was so it's know, it's probably it because thing? no it's not a michigan thing but like we do have the um so when michigan and michigan state play football against each other they have uh-huh. the paul bunyan trophy i right. think so maybe that's why. Like maybe you've heard of that, and so you associate it with well, Michigan. There is also a Paul Bunyan statue in Michigan. There's a giant Paul Bunyan up north, is somewhere. There? Where? I don't know. Hmm. It's somewhere. Yeah, it's somewhere around here <laughs> it's in somewhere. the area. I think somewhere it's in, up. I think it's in. I think it might be near Traverse City. I might be completely wrong on that. Huh. But I do specifically have a memory of climbing up a giant Paul Bunyan. <laughs> <laughs> Like, if like, you didn't know then, you should have. <laughs> I'm just saying, I wasn't about that ox. I was all about the Paul. Paul was my man. And I'm going to climb Paul like a tree. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. No, it's, it is really a thing. And it had a stair, like it actually had like stairs around. The, oh, so you weren't giant, like, I, 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 was, I, I didn't was physically like, climb the steps. I was I was picturing you like fucking Spider-Manning up the steps. Oh, no, no, no. No, no. No, there was actually like stairs around this thing. That makes a lot more sense because right? you're a human being who can't stick to walls. Yeah. Well, and this thing was massive. Right. Yeah. Like if it's a giant statue, like you're probably not, you wouldn't have gotten very far. You would have gotten to like his knee and then fallen down right. and hurt yourself. If anyone else that lives in Michigan, this may even be, I'm not going to lie, this may even be a Canada thing. Right. This Sean's, may... like, Sean's like, could you confirm that I didn't dream this? <laughs> if anyone can relive my memory for me, right. was it great. a was it actually a Pennywise hallucination? <laughs> was it that same lumberjack? It might have been. <laughs> oh 
man. It, it may have been. But yes, yes, Richie. <laughs> Going back to the film, Richie did right. it. He he fact, gets attacked yes. by a lumberjack. But yes. and then but he does, he finds and again you get the sort of like subtle clues that Richie might be a closeted gay man. The other clue actually comes very early in the film when Beverly's like, there's no way that Richie got married. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and Richie... Like that she knew. Right. Well, and and Richie uh, kind of poking at Eddie about getting married. Yes. And that's not something that they... They kind of... They kind of miss... And it was weird that they did it, but they kind of mislead you on like, who Richie's into? Like, cause I don't know if you got this, but it's when, when, uh, when Stan ends up dying, mm-hmm. they almost made it seem like Richie was, was in love with him. Right. Well, I, I think that what it's supposed to be is that Richie considered Stan to be his best friend. Right. And so it wasn't like a, a romantic feeling. Like yes. he had romantic feelings for Eddie. Right. And Stan was his best friend. Right. Um, so, but, but I, I can see where, where you would get that. The emotions that, that came, that they made come across in both, uh, were very, were similar in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For sure. And I think part of it was that you, you felt the, you, you gained the feeling of, uh, how Richie felt towards, uh, Stan when he died. Mm. And, and yes, like clearly a friend, but then they're also still like hinting at his homosexuality. Right. So, so it's like, is, was he who he was like kind of into right, as a kid like, or what? Until they actually like reveal, do the reveal at the end. Right. Right. Um, although it could be argued that his specific teasing of Eddie about marrying right. a woman could have been a manifestation of jealousy. Yes. Right. That he Absolutely. was like wait, you're married? Like, uh, right. fuck. Yep. <laughs> like, you're married to a woman? Like, you turned out straight? Fuck. Like, right. um, could hey, be. Been there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, straight men. I mean. <sighs> it's all right. I, I got one better, so it's fine. It's true. Got a good one. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, I definitely have had crushes on straight girls, oh, too. It's it like happens. the worst. It's inevitable. Um, but yeah. Um, but yes, and then, uh, but I also got a good one, so. Right, exactly. <laughs> Here we go. Um. But yes, the other, the other part of them bringing up his homosexuality and, you know, just toying with the idea of it is when Pennywise is mocking him as an adult. Yes. And saying, I know your secret, your dirty little secret. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's, yeah. Um. And I, I do think that that's part of why this story opens with a hate crime against a gay couple. Yes. Right? Because mm-hmm. they need to demonstrate why Richie, as like a, a man in, in the 2000s, right. would be closeted. Mm-hmm. Right? Like it, it, almost, it almost wouldn't make sense. Right? right? Um, it made sense when the book was written. Made a lot oh, of sense when the book was written, but absolutely. but now you kind of have to give like a that this town was so homophobic mm-hmm. that it scared him into the closet for his entire life, even after he got out. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. Um. But anyway, 
So that's his. Uh, and then Eddie goes to the pharmacy because, of course, he does. Of course. And he might have, like, my favorite flashback scene. Mine, too. Oh, it's so good. Like, the... First of all, the... The creepy-ass pharmacist from the first movie is, like, still there, but, like, he's decrepit. <laughs> and, you know, it's... I don't know if he's actually supposed to be there, if he's supposed to be, like, just a vision or a ghost or something, right? Like, Well, because it's funny because he, the pharmacist is kind of acting like the old lady was to Beth. Yeah, that's true. So that might be... It might be Pennywise. Right. Um, yeah, he's, like, touching him weird, and he's like, oh, I think you have cancer. <laughs> right, I'm like, ugh. And his daughter, if you remember, the pharmacist's daughter was like the the girl bully, right? Who mm-hmm. picked on Bev. She's there and she's dressed the same. Like she just hasn't moved in 30 years. Yes. Which is hilarious. Um, so yes. And then he gets, he gets lured down to the basement. Where he's attacked by the leper. Well, at first he finds his mother tied up. He finds his yes. mother tied up. Yep. And like... His mother's gone, which which we learn because he's like, he does at one point say, my mother was. So his mother's gone. Right. Um, and, but he's married to her clone. And mm-hmm. she's tied up and he like can't get her untied because the, the leper is going to come and like get her. Right. And infect her. And then the leper... Um, spews all of this like they they fight right and the leper like spews all of this like black gook all over eddie and he's like ah but he does sort of like face him right mm-hmm. like he does actually like strangle the life out of him and then he gets covered in the goo. um and then he goes to you kind of combine both i did you combine his childhood going down in the basement and his adulthood him as an adult going down in the basement because that happened twice when he was a kid is when his mom was down there. <clears throat> oh. I guess I didn't realize. I see. Right. Because mm-hmm. they are flashbacks. They're not like hallucinations. Mm-hmm. So he goes okay. back there. Yes. So right. wait, he's Sorry. actually yeah, a child. I just, he, right. Like he's actually a child the first time. Mm-hmm. Or like when, when you see him in the basement as a child, that actually happened to him. Yes. Okay. And then, right, and then adult Eddie mm-hmm. actually comes and kind of, like, fights off the leper? Yes. Like, from getting little Eddie, mm-hmm. almost. Right? It was like he went down there to, so, like, he went, it was, the way that they flash back was weird, because, like, they transitioned from him walking down there as an adult to him being down there as a kid. But like oh, and they like they just sort of like faded his face down, like like yes. almost like oh, it was yeah. They did that when he walked up to the the uh, counter counter yes. And then and then as a child is when he went down to the basement the first time, and then they showed the flashback of him almost rescuing his mom mm-hmm. and running away. Right. And then they flip back to him as an adult Not going down there. Away. Not running away and thinking that there's something behind. He's like, okay, there's a curtain down here still. Why is that down here? And then he opens the curtain thinking that there's going to be like his mom back there still or something. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing. Right. And then all of a sudden the leper's there. Right. And spews black goo all over him. Yes. Right. Yes. Yep. We literally just watched that scene. 
Yep. This is, I'm just like that. <laughs> anyway. There's a lot going on. It all blurs together. A lot going on. And what was his artifact? His inhaler. His inhaler. Mm-hmm. Okay. That makes sense. Even though he he's always had his inhaler. Because <laughs> he's an ass-ass Right. I didn't like just... So it's just like the, my current inhaler is, I guess, my artifact now. All right. I mean, I guess I really wanted the fire the fire to like blow pop up because it's is, like flammable. <laughs> yes, it's compressed. It's compressed liquid. Right inside of that it's an aerosol. Yeah, yeah. It would have been like popped. Yeah. Anyway, what was his what was his artifact again? It was the page that she signed in the yearbook. Oh yeah, that's right. Oh yeah, the cre- keeping it in your wallet for twenty seven years. Yeah, literally creepy goodbye. as fuck. Being a successful man who could like probably get anyone he wants and still carrying a torch for a girl he knew for a year when he was 13. And I love that Stan's artifact is something that he never had at all in the first movie. Yeah, you never saw it. I get that it's like part one and part two, so you could like can get crossover and that would also make it flow a little bit better. Mm-hmm. But it just, it was a little weird. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, because they, the rest of them used things that were so prominent in the first movie. Right. And then you're like, huh, then, except for his. What? Well, but I mean, if you think about it, what would it have been That's from true. the first movie? Like, he right. didn't really have a thing. Like, Stan, I think, was... And, and maybe it's because his adult dies so early in the film. Mm-hmm. Stan was probably the least developed character of the kids. Like, true. you see him the least, Yeah, I think. It's honestly probably a tie between him and Mike. Yeah. Yeah. Which is unfortunate since Mike is such a prominent character in the second movie, but I digress. <laughs> um. <laughs> you know. Here we are. Here we are. Did we already mention that Bowers got out? I know we were talking about Bowers oh, right. getting out, but we never talked about him actually. Like, did we t- we haven't talked about him attacking Eddie yet. Right. Okay. That That's what happened next. Mm-hmm. He goes home to wash off and then he gets attacked by Bowers. Yeah. Um, so Eddie is now like very distressed as one would be. Yep. Um, and he goes back to the B&B to clean himself up and gets attacked by Henry Bowers. Mm-hmm. Who, as we know, has escaped. Um, he literally gets stabbed in the face. <laughs> Like, <laughs> and it is the funniest fucking like i think it's supposed to be funny i think because like his his reaction to it he's like you stabbed me in the face <laughs> yeah he's like, the fuck man he's like what the fuck man uh it, like that whole scene was so good because it was fucking ridiculous and i loved it mm-hmm. um he got stabbed like so <laughs> Eddie gets stabbed in the face. He slowly backs away from Bowers. <laughs> like, just and, in shock. And just, and clearly in shock, and hides in the shower. Yeah. And Bowers like, give me back my knife. And he gives him back his knife. <laughs> and his chest. <laughs> right through the shower curtain. I'm like, well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you just got attacked and you have a knife in your mouth. Well, yeah, go ahead and take that knife out of your mouth and stab it right on the other person. Yeah. <laughs> and my favorite part of the scene mm-hmm. is how 
Eddie is just like slowly, clearly again in shock, inching his way out of the bathroom as Bowers has his knife in his chest. And he's like, you should have cut off that fucking bullet. It's been like 20 years, man. <laughs> or 30 years, man. I fucking lost it. I love Eddie. <laughs> I love Eddie so much. I mean, Eddie was my favorite character in the first movie. Right. Like my favorite kid. And he's also my favorite adult. He's right? just so fucking funny. So funny. <laughs> and then the others come up and they're like, Dude, you got stabbed in the face. And he's like, I know. And he like collapses. Yep. <laughs> and then, uh, and then, you know, Bowers gets away. Yep. Um, but not before the rest of them see him and are like, oh shit, that's Henry Bowers. Right. Like he's alive mm-hmm. and he's here and he's going to kill us. Exactly. Um, so then he ends up, uh, so then we flip over to Mike. Mm-hmm. At the library. Mm-hmm. Uh, who is, you know, going through a little bit of a flashback himself. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly also gets attacked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> By my... Oh, yeah. That's, so, <laughs> that's also the best. Like, every time Bauer shows up in, in this movie, it's hilarious. Because, right. like, he just, like... Mike is standing there, like, reading a book. And then he looks up. And there's this thing running... There's a figure running toward him. And you're right. like, oh, here comes Pennywise. And then it's Bowers. And he just tackles him. And, he, yep. and you're like, oh, okay. This is a much more corporal. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. It's a real live human who's just going to take you down. Right. And um, he almost kills him. He does. Until... Uh, uh, my God. I'm like, all the names are running together now. <laughs> Um, who is it? Richie. Richie. Until Richie ends up saving him. Right. And, you know, Bowers is about to stab Mike. Mm-hmm. And he gets a tomahawk to the head. <laughs> of all things. Of all things. And Richie's standing there looking like a badass and he's like, oh, no. And just fucking throws it up. Oh my god. The Okay, so here that's the other thing. The amount of comic relief in this movie That is true. is so like is so heavy. Mhm. Between Eddie and Richie. Like mostly Eddie and Richie. Yes. Um <laughs> Which I mean was largely the case in the first movie too. Like they were oh. definitely where most of the funny moments in the first movie came from. Absolutely. It's just so <laughs> I can't get over how fucking funny Bill Hader is as a person. Yes. And he absolutely killed Richie. He like, did. He absolutely killed He killed it. Being Richie in this mm-hmm. movie. So proud. Oh, nope, nope. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> uh, couldn't help it. Couldn't hold it in. I mean. I mean, it's fair. He just. I mean, he just killed somebody. Yeah. Like, normal people get upset when that happens. Right. Even if they have to. Yeah. Even if it's like 100% self-defense or defense of a loved one. Mm-hmm. Normal people don't like killing people. Right. It's traumatizing. So now they're all coming back together. Yes. And where do they go? Of course. To the old dark house. Oh, well, of course. That's right. where you have to go. 
which is still standing in the exact same condition that it was in 1989. Yes. <laughs> Despite the fact that it was falling apart in 1989. Mm-hmm. It's still falling apart to the exact same degree 30 years later. I mean, I guess it's a it's a supernatural place, so that makes That's sense. True. But it's just funny to me. I'm like, that would probably not be standing anymore. No, at that point, if it was that derelict in the 80s. It would be gone now. It would just be a pile of wood yeah. at this point, I would think. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway. Uh, they've, they've, they've patched up Eddie's face. (laughs) Um, another great moment of comic relief where they're like having the debate, right? Which they always do before they go into this house. Mm -hmm. Right. And, uh. And another, like, great moment of comedy from Bill Hader when he echoes, right, like, Richie's line of, let's kill this fucking clown. Yep. <laughs> and he's trying to figure out which which line it was that he was trying to, that Bill was trying to, to Yeah, he's like, up. you need to say your line. And he's like, which one? <laughs> he, like, <laughs> says several, like, absurd things. And yep. then he's like, oh, let's kill this fucking clown. And... I love that because it's such like a, in addition to being hilarious, it's also just like so human. Oh, yeah. Right? Like of, you know, of just that that feeling when like you're supposed to get something and you don't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like how you just keep grasping for you're it. You're like, which one is it? You're like, what am I supposed to say right now? <laughs> what do I say? And you forget everything you've ever said in your whole life. Oh, we completely skipped. Oh, wait, did we get there yet? Oh, yes, we did. We kind of skipped over the kid getting eaten by Pennywise. The girl? No, the boy. The boy. Oh, yeah, in the funhouse. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, When does that happen? Like, right before they meet up again. Okay. I think. Oh, right, because they're like, they, they, they all meet, like, okay. It was right after, it was right after Richie kills hours right and then it flashes back to the b&b where after they've pitched patched up eddie yep bill and beverly kiss mm-hmm. and then the skateboard comes down the, the skateboard stairs. comes down the stairs yes <laughs> which was a little weird because like they acknowledge how the scene was set up they're like well, I guess I'm just going to be scared of the skateboard rolling down the stairs randomly. <laughs> there could be just a child upstairs that dropped a skateboard. Right. And like, if you don't know the significance of that, it's just a skateboard. Well, and they, they almost built it up like it was supposed to be like a comic relief scene. Right. Where it was supposed to be like actually like, just a skateboard. Ding, 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 ding. No, no, it was actually a, the blood. Once the blood started, you know, floating, floating from it. Right. Uh, there's, there's your clue. Whenever anything starts to look like it's floating, yeah. even though there's no water. You're like, oh, there he is. There he is. He's floating. He's floating. We'll all float. You'll float too. Yep. Um, but yes. So Bill, who has now like basically projected his brother onto this child, yep. is like, I have to go save this kid. And so he goes to the fair and he runs into the best looking fucking fun house. Oh, it looks so much fun. It looks so great. Mm-hmm. Like neon colors like swinging clown dolls it's amazing and like a mirror maze to end all mirror mazes right and this is one of the i think that this might be 
actually the scariest part of the movie for me for one specific reason. Okay. So he's in the mirror maze. He keeps seeing Pennywise. He keeps seeing the kid. He's trying to get to the kid before Pennywise does, Mm -hmm. right? He ends up sort of getting trapped by a wall of glass where he can see the kid and he can see Pennywise on the other side of another wall of glass. Right. Pennywise starts trying to bust through the mirror with his head. Mm -hmm. And for some reason, even though I know it's supposed to be like, you know, an ancient cosmic, you know, alien spider thingy, (laughs) the idea of the sheer insanity that it would take for you to try to bust through a glass wall with your head, Mm -hmm. I think might be the scariest moment in the movie for me. Like, in terms of just like how it affected me viscerally. Like, when I was watching in the theater, I was like, oh my God, oh my God. Like, (laughs) well, him (laughs) couldn't handle it. Him slamming his head repeatedly against the glass. Yeah, it's just, and the sound it made. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. Like, you know, you, you forget that, you know, you forget that it's like a cosmic being and you like you just think about like an actual human hitting their head. Right. Um but yeah. So yeah, so uh the kid um oop. uh the kid Dean, what is his name? Yes. By the way. Uh so he dies. Right. Bill fails to say save him. Mm-hmm. Of course, which is like failing to save his brother was his like deepest Mm -hmm. guilt and regret and trauma and now he's you know reliving it because of this child who is now dead Mm -hmm. he's like well okay gotta go gotta go back to Nebolt then yep so they all meet up that's when they all meet up in Nebolt uh because Bill feeling guilt from not being able to save this child now too Mm -hmm. feels that he has to be the one to go face it Yes. And everyone else is like, what? No. Did you forget, like, the whole thing of why you were here? Why, you know, Stan's dead? You know, that whole thing? Right. The whole, like, blood pact. We're we're in. We're in. We're coming with you. (laughs) So. Shut up. (laughs) So they all decide to go to Neapolit and have several interactions with Pennywise again. Yes, yes. Gets very chaotic, as it often does. Mm -hmm. Um... Stan is there as a child. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they see him, and then his head turns into a spider, which absolutely has to be a tribute to the thing, right? Oh, absolutely! Absolutely, like it looks just like it, just like it. Um, mm-hmm. except it's CGI, but <laughs> it's not yes. practical. But it still um, still was effective. No, though. I mean that one is good. Yeah. That was a good like every so often they're like it's really good. Yeah, they they kind of put their all into the. Into mm-hmm. the Stan spider head. Stan spider head. Stan yeah, spider head. I mean, it's gotta be. It, it's gotta be. Once the, once the like, goopy... Uh, started, like, start, humming out of the side. Out. Like, oh, it's so good. identical yeah. to the mm-hmm. sequence of the the head coming mm-hmm. off. And, and I loved, though, that they added in the spider leg coming out of his eye socket. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was good. That was good. Mm-hmm. Oh. That was very satisfying. No, that, that like that whole sequence was great. Again, comedic relief within it with Richie um, and Eddie. I believe. Mm-hmm. I believe with it. Um, I believe his head gets kicked if I'm remembering correctly, and yeah, 
So then they end up performing this ritual. Right. Uh, in down in the the sewer system. Beneath the house. Beneath the house. Right. So or, yeah, just beneath the house. Where the where the well was. Like yeah. where where they faced him last night. Yep. So yes, they perform this ritual where they have like, you know, this like leather thing. You know, this like it's it's like a vaguely shaped leather leather thing that the Native Americans gave him. I mean, yes. you don't need any further explanation than that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they put a they have a fire inside and they all throw in their artifacts, right? Um at which point, Pennywise shows up and is like, you stupid motherfuckers. Yeah. <laughs> this was never going to work. Nope. Like, he lied to you. And Mike was like, but they didn't believe that they could kill him. We believed we could kill him. So, oh. like, that's why. And they were like, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> that's not the difference here. That's not the difference here. <laughs> like, there isn't a difference. Like, we aren't killing him right now. Right. I'm sure they probably believe then, too. Bud. So yes, Pennywise shows up and he's like this giant spidery I don't know what he is. So he's like if you made a minotaur out of the clown and a spider. Yep. Like the top half is the clown, mm-hmm. the bottom half is the spider. Yeah. And he's chasing him around. Um And you chase them around, they all have flashbacks, they all have to, like, face their individual fears, right? Like, Mm -hmm. Ben almost gets buried alive in, like, the clubhouse, right? Like... Yep. uh, Bev almost drowns in blood. In blood in a bathroom, right? Mm -hmm. Because that was her whole thing. Um, Bill ends up back in his flooded basement, like, he saw where he saw Georgie when, in the first movie, as a kid, he confronts his own 13-year-old self Mm -hmm. and tells him that... It wasn't their fault. Right. Um, and then shoots him in the head with the bolt gun, the mm. way that he did to Georgie. Right. Right. So in the way that Georgie was haunting 13-year-old Bill, 13-year-old Bill was haunting adult Bill. Yep. Right. And so he, he takes care of him. And so they're running all around and they're all being, you know, they're all being attacked in various ways. And then... Eddie has a spear, mm-hmm. right? And he runs Pennywise through with it. And, oh, right before that, he's rescuing um, Richie, who gets caught in the, the deadlights. Yes. And it is the funniest <laughs> fucking thing. Like, Bill Hader 100% played that for laughs. I'm oh, yeah. sorry. I, I, refuse, I refuse to accept that he did that with his body and expected people not to laugh. <laughs> he just goes like ragdoll. Yep. And... <laughs> it was funny as hell. Uh, I don't feel like there's anything that Bill Hader could do though. That's not funny. That's true. I mean, he's just, he's just such a, you know, natural comedian. Yes. Like, um, so yes, Eddie runs Pennywise through Pennywise spider person, mm-hmm. um, through, to, you know, save Richie, he sort of gets down and he wakes Richie up and he's like, I got him. I killed Pennywise. I get, I killed Pennywise. And then Pennywise takes one of his weird dentical 
spike things spike things like he's sort of a spider crab almost like yes. because it's not just spider legs the ends are sharp like a yep. like a like a talon mm-hmm. right so not quite a spider he's sort of a chimera if you will um he's an alien but mm-hmm. right we like yeah. <laughs> um but so eddie is mortally wounded yes at this point um he stabs him straight through the chest throws him he doesn't die instantly he like lives long enough to sort of talk to them a little and like that really pisses them off oh right it's like again the emotional like push Mm -hmm. that they needed and like the whole thing was like there needed to be a sacrifice right and they thought that the sacrifice was all of these little tokens of their childhood when really it meant a human sacrifice. Right. Right. And Eddie was the human sacrifice of them. Mm-hmm. So at this point, they basically start yelling at the monster. Yep. And this is an effective strategy. Surprisingly enough. Surprisingly <laughs> enough. All of the things they've attempted to do to kill this thing, they just had to bully it. Yep. Um, which is interesting because there's a very yeah. sort of like anti-bullying message throughout this entire story. And then they bully... Pennywise to death, essentially. Mm-hmm. It's very strange. Because he just keeps shrinking and shrinking down, down, down. And I'm sure that's like a metaphor for bullies, right? That bullies, if you actually stand up to them, you know, it, the bullies are often like very scared, broken people, mm-hmm. right? That like, you know, and again, there was like a different, different, <clears throat> I think, view of, of bullies back in the day. Whereas like now it's like, well, they're often traumatized children as well. Yep. Maybe, I don't know you know maybe help him instead of just um but yeah so they they essentially bully pennywise until he deflates like a balloon he deflates mm-hmm. um down to like the size of an infant which makes it a little awkward because then it just seems like they're yelling at a baby yep and what's funny is like beverly isn't really yelling at him and she looks a little uncomfortable with what they're doing because they're yelling at a child, basically. <laughs> I mean, That's at this point, like... They're yelling like... at a child that looks like a clown. Yeah. <laughs> and is very sad. Uh, just laying there. Just... Here's my thing. The way that they portrayed the sort of temporary end of Pennywise in the first movie mm-hmm. looks almost identical to how he actually dies. Yep. So it's like, how do you know... That he's actually gone. I mean, except for the house collapsing. I guess that's right. that's the point where it's like, okay, this is really over. Right. But like, they're <clears throat> so sure that they've killed him. And I'm like, you were pretty sure you killed him last time. And like, he disintegrated last time. And yeah. he's basically disintegrating now. Mm-hmm. But they, they pull out his heart and they crush it. Like, all yeah. together as a group. So like, that's that's why they think that they've actually killed him. But like, that could have been a trick. It could have been a trick. You know, like, how many times has he he fooled them into thinking that they won? Like, why is this definitive? Right. (laughs) But anyway, I digress. (laughs) Um, Because it is, Katie. Because it is. Because it's the end. Because it's the end. Um, So they do. They do indeed. Pennywise is dead. They've done it. By whatever strategy that was. And... uh, they go back to Eddie and he's gone. Yep. Um, 
And then the entire place starts to collapse. They have to tear Richie away from Eddie. Mm-hmm. Eddie's body, right? Um, and basically drag him out of the house. And he's still like, they have to hold him back so he doesn't like run into the house that is actively collapsing mm-hmm. to go get Eddie. Right. Um, and then they all go to the quarry. And they jump off the cliff into the water, mm-hmm. um, which I, as a 35-year-old, if I attempted, would not be able to stand up for four days. So, like, they're <laughs> supposed to be older than me. So, I don't know. I don't know how well that would have gone, especially after, like, the extremely physical thing that they just had to do. Um, just saying. But that's what they do. They all they all jump in. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they talk about Eddie. And Richie is inconsolable. And they all sort of like, it's, it's very, it is, this is like a nice little moment though, because it mirrors almost exactly when Bill accepts that Georgie is gone in Pennywise's lair Mm -hmm. and they all sort of like envelop him in like a big sort of group hug. They Mm -hmm. do the same thing to Richie. Right. Right. Because Eddie's gone. Right. Um, And yeah, and then they all, they all. Go their separate ways. Mm-hmm. You see Bill being able to write. Yep. In a way that he couldn't. Before. Ironically enough, though, the, his celebration is that he just finished the first chapter in his book, and his whole thing was that he couldn't finish, finish a, book. a book. Right. He was fine with first chapters. I was like, well, nothing's changed here, but okay, cool. Good job. <laughs> Good job, chapter one, bud. So he was also, though, like, if you actually read what he's writing it's from eddie's perspective uh, right because there's a line in there it's like they are my friends my mother is wrong they're good friends right which like and the only interaction we had with anybody's parent was with eddie with eddie's mother yeah yeah i mean i, I guess you uh, i mean i mean you saw okay bill's so you saw was. bill's dad you saw obviously beverly's dad right the only interaction we had with a mother yeah was eddie's yep mm-hmm. everyone else like you literally never saw bill's mother no Mm-mm. um you saw like the back of her head and you saw like her hair covering her face before it turned into pennywise right it's like where the fuck is his mother um beverly's mother's dead you don't see richie's parents at all you don't really see you see Stan's dad. You see a Stan's bit. dad a little bit. Again, father though. But yeah, father. I don't think you ever see his mother. You do actually see Richie's mother in in this one, in the flashback where he's watching Stan's bar mitzvah. Right. That's and true. And then he stands up and starts <laughs> clapping, and his mother like yanks him down. So that's like the only like the only glimpse of his mother that you get of right. either of his parents. Like you mm-hmm. never see them. Um. And then Mike, you know. Mike's parents are gone. So. Oh, and you never see Ben's parents. Nope. So like the only, the only one who would be talking about his mother, especially like that specific thing, like my mother is wrong. They are my good friends. Would be. Would be. It's, he's writing from Eddie's perspective. Yeah. Um, and of course there's like, Mike calls him and in contrast to at the beginning of the movie where it was an unknown number to all of them. Mm-hmm. Right? He's like in his phone now. Right? Because right. he didn't forget this time. Mm-hmm. Because Pennywise's influence is gone because he's actually dead. Right. 
Um, so yeah, and they have like a nice little chat. I believe Mike is actually moving out of Derry. Yes. I think that's like his happy ending is like he doesn't need to stay there and watch mm-hmm. anymore because it's going to be fine. Right. Um, ben and Beverly, after like making out under the water in the quarry, are now like just on a fucking yacht because like, sure. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, they're both rich when you think about it. <laughs> like, that's true. They she's like a rich. she's like a successful fashion designer. Mm-hmm. Like her clothes must be expensive because like Bill's wife is an actress Right. And he's like, my wife's whole closet is whatever marsh. Right. right? So, like, they're high-end clothes, probably. Yep. So, yeah. Like, she's also rich. But she, like, dumps the abusive guy and she goes off with Ben on a yacht. And she's like, oh, I had the most beautiful dream. And, uh, let's see. You see Richie going to the bridge mm-hmm. and using, like, a, a, a pocket knife to carve deeper something that was already carved in the bridge yes and that was r plus e mm-hmm. and that's the sort of like final confirmation you get that like and and like mike is narrating and like they show richie's face in that moment and it's like be proud right like so like right. clearly he's a closeted gay man he's right. decided to come out of the closet and he was in love with eddie his entire life yep and now and now he's gone mm-hmm. which is very sad is that everybody who am i missing no, it's everybody. Because mm-hmm. Eddie's dead. And Stan's dead. Yep. So it's everybody. Yeah, that's everyone. So, so yeah. So they all live happily ever after. Mm-hmm. In their own ways. Yeah, that's Writing it. books and being on yachts. Mm-hmm. Going back to their, like, incredibly successful lives that they all had. Because they couldn't remember Pennywise. <laughs> <sighs> Must be nice. I mean... <laughs> Yeah, and that's it. And that's it. <laughs> that's all we got. And then it ends. It's the end of the movie. But apparently not the end of the franchise. No, no. Because what we have just learned today, and maybe mm-hmm. we should have known this because, like, you know, we host a horror movie podcast, but what we just learned today <laughs> was that is that they're actually making a prequel A prequel series. Show. Yes. Yes. On HBO yep. Max. HBO. Which makes sense because if... You know, if you do want to watch these, they are streaming on HBO Max. Mm-hmm. Um, that's set in the 60s. Does it say when it's premiering? Um, not not at all. So they only announced this uh, a month ago. Oh, okay. Well, like, I feel a little better about not knowing about it. A month ago yesterday. Right. Is when they announced this. Mm-hmm. So really, really, really new information. Um, uh, Andy Machete is going to be directing the first episode. Right. And then Jason Fuchs, uh, who was um, one of the co-producers of the movies, mm-hmm. is going to be uh, completing the rest of them. Got it. Yeah. He'll be writing writing all of the... Oh, yeah. Andy will be write, directing the first episode and... Um, Jason will be writing all of the episodes. So, yeah. So, we'll see how it goes. That'll be really interesting to see a spinoff of a book that's... This is this is completely new territory. Yeah. It, it's not really... I mean, it's only touched on as, as history. Right. So, that is it for It Chapter 2. Join us next week when we will be uh, diving into the OG uh-huh. 1990 miniseries starring Tim Curry. 
A classic. Whose birthday was two days ago, by the way. The 19th was his birthday. Oh. So yeah, that'll be fun. It mm-hmm. has been so long oh, since I've watched that. God, same. And and really what's funny, uh, just since I mentioned it earlier a little bit too, is I've only seen the second half of the miniseries like twice. <laughs> Every time that I watch it, I end you it halfway catch. through. <laughs> I, I don't, it's not like I do it on purpose either. It just happens. Right. Well, I mean, it's long. It's long. <laughs> it's long. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I got it. We get it. <laughs> I'm like, once, uh, once Dan dies, then it's over. <laughs> it's like, bye. <laughs> okay, done. Done. We're done here. Until next time, you can like and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. We, of course, have our monthly YouTube video channel, that you can find us by searching for Friday Night Frights Podcasts. You can follow us on Spotify. We have our Instagram, F and Frights Podcast, and our Twitter, F and Frights Pod. We have our Facebook page. You can find us by searching Friday Night Frights. Yep. Our website, F and Frights Podcast.com. Of course, if you want to let us know any thoughts, feelings, emotions, you know the drill, folks. You <laughs> scream at us by, by emailing us at scream at F and Frights Podcast.com. Mm-hmm. And last but not least, we do have our Patreon, mm-hmm. our Fright Club. And Katie? Yes, Sean. What is the first rule of Fright Club? The first rule of Fright Club is don't forget where you came from. Nope, nope, nope. Literally or figuratively. No, do not forget. Could be deadly. Your past can come back to haunt you. Or literally bite you in the ass. Yes. Or, or in the, the face. Or in the armpit. Or in the armpit. <laughs> <laughs> or really anywhere. Anywhere. Tear off your to. arm. <laughs> It's going to come for you. I mean, you know, you forget about a guy and then he's standing there and he's stabbing you in the face. I mean, you know. It's fine. It's fine. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. Don't forget where you came from. No. So, gays and ghouls, join us next Friday night. You'll be in for a fright. But until then, sleep.